Hello, hello. Different intro music for the show this month. This song was created by a very talented 400 meter runner. More from him coming right up. And later, an important chat around UK coaching week. But first, European champion Rio Mitchum is on the podcast. Runner, rapper, extraordinaire. <laughs> Probably some other hidden talents in the mix that I don't already know about. <laughs> Great to have you on the England Athletics pod. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm great, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. I was trying to remember the moment that you really emerged onto the scene, perhaps when you won the England Under-20 indoor title yeah. in 2017, I think, in the colours of Telford. <laughs> was that a moment when you thought, I can be good at this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, other than the iconic Telford colours. Yeah. Yeah, now that was a big moment. I actually still have, I can't remember who it was that was one of the officials, but they gave me the printout of the photo finish and they were like, oh, this might be a, like an important moment for you in the future. And I still have that uh, printed out on my wall at home. And yeah, that's like six six years ago. So yeah, that was that was a big moment for me just to be like, even just these little things are possible. Do you know what I mean? It just shows that you can, you can break through and do these things. Because at the time, that was completely new to me. I don't, I don't even think I'd ever been to a Nationals before, so... Yeah, that was really new. Where did you then go on from there? Obviously, yeah, changed colours from Telford and and moved on, but then eventually, you know, gradually worked your way up to the 400. Yeah, yeah, so I, I still stay in touch with Telford. But yeah, so I made a move. And at that point, yeah, I was still in school, just struggling to balance as loads of people are, like the sport with A-levels. Did not do it as well as I should have. But it's okay, we live and we learn. And then, yeah, like I came to Loughborough, I joined uh, Leon Baptiste as a coach. And then at that time, yeah, I was just doing 100 metres and 200 metres. And then, yeah, literally after like a few injuries, like in a few like years of learning about my body, I just pushed up to the fore. We made the decision like mid-COVID time. And then, yeah, literally just been like this last couple of years, really, where I've been doing the 400 metres. Some hurdles in your career. Well, not literally, but <laughs> some metaphorical hurdles where you maybe could have decided to put athletics to one side. First one being when you're doing your A-levels. Yeah, yeah. You know, another one being COVID, another one being injuries. Are, are there points in which you you questioned, you know, whether you'd continue to take athletics seriously and, and what impacted maybe any conversations that you'd had or other people that you know for whom that was the case and they stopped? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I know a lot of people that stopped. I had a lot of close friends that stopped around either when uni got hard was like a, a really big one so like when it gets to third year a lot of people stopped or yeah again when a levels got a bit more tough and and then you might take a few training sessions off here and there and that leads you to realizing that you you like drinking beers on a thursday night instead but for yeah for me that there has been i'm not gonna lie and say that there's not been like doubtful moments um as long as them doubtful moments don't lead to like a misbelief in what i can do in the future then I think that's completely normal. But there's never, yeah, there's never been a time where I've lost that like self-belief of that I, what I can do. And I still know that I can do bigger and better things. Yeah, I mean, there's there's been a lot of testful moments, but then I would not change them for anything because I think they've made me into this athlete that um, like if I fall down and I know I can get back up because I've done it however many times. Yeah, so it's put me in a better position having them, them issues. Did it help that you maybe had either good mentoring from from coaches, good advice from teachers at the point where, I don't know, you were in sixth form. Who were those people? What did they say? Uh, so, like, my family's been really close throughout the whole time since sports day in, in year six. My family's always been there. And, like, they still come to every competition. Like, 
messes me house training all the time like they're they're really supportive of me and like um yeah like my brother we do music together and like us following our dreams has always been like a really big part of like our parents parenting style like they they really believe in like giving us the opportunity to follow our dreams as far as we can and I think that's just been like instilled in me for for like years 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 and now literally all I think about is making these dreams come true you say sports day they didn't take part in any mums or dads races or anything <laughs> they didn't <laughs> they didn't I wish they did though that would have been funny my dad used to play football so I, it couldn't have been that bad interesting <laughs> You know, I was talking to one of the uh, officials who's heavily involved in, in Shropshire at Telford yeah. AC, and she was she was saying it almost reminded me of a football transfer window. Funny you should bring up football. Uh, it's like, let's say you're playing for Leeds United, like someone like Calvin Phillips, Manchester City come along and she's saying, yeah, we, we understand that, you know, there is a another level of competition that athletes can get. We wouldn't hold anyone back. We understand that. We respect that, you know, when athletes do go on to Birmingham and, and Loughborough. So, can you imagine if there was an athletics transfer window but moving to a a different environment we know what Loughborough's like as kind of like yeah unofficial yeah. hub of, of athletics in this country so what have you kind of gained from being part of that environment honestly I think like I don't want to contradict anything you just said I think that's completely right but I think one of the main things that I've gained from uh being away and I think COVID helped a lot with this is that it comes from you so like if I get help from this person or this gym machine or like this whatever like everything comes from from you first and like every time I go back home there, there's we have these like discussions of like whether you can do it from Telford and stay in Telford and not have to move clubs or move area and like I always say like yes you can do this from wherever it just maybe these things might make it a teeny bit easier but there's people that have the best facilities that won't do anywhere near what what some people some, some other people can do with it so yeah I, I do believe in like remembering that it comes from you first everything else is just a little push. That's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, some people are, are so supremely motivated that they need uh, a coach that will actually calm them down and tell them to rest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, at this point, like, um, this isn't uh, just for me, but there's a lot of people that just run off straight discipline right now. Like, um, maybe the motivation's dwindled out over the years and now they're just so disciplined and this is what they eat, this is when they sleep, this is how they train. I still have a lot of motivation, but, like, there's definitely a lot of points where discipline like runs the show. I suppose if you're able to pinpoint areas where you aren't disciplined, then that almost provides some excitement of here's where I could actually improve. Oh, I know yeah, that yeah. There are definitely. small percentages. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not perfect. <laughs> and there's, yeah, there's areas that have been pinpointed. But then I, I also like, especially in a sport like athletics, I really focus on like being happy where I can and like choosing to be happy in certain situations. And I think that's like, especially in like the last year been a really big help for me because there's, there's definitely been times where uh, it could get a bit more daunting but then I remember like wait I can actually just choose to you know what I, I enjoy running and I'm running in this country and in this country and and it, it can actually just be fun um, sometimes I need just actually reminding I do this fun <laughs> well I mean one moment that was a bit of a launch pad was the British Championships last year I just wonder whether you came in with a little bit less pressure than some of the guys that were really knowing that they desperately wanted individual 400 selection. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's no disrespect to you, but just just tell me your mindset going into those those championships. Of course, you came away with a bronze medal. What was that like? Yeah, no, no disrespect taken at all. I had zero pressure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like eating grapes early in the day, just like happy that I made the final type of thing. 
yeah not to say that I didn't have ambitions to to go and do like what I did and and better but yeah I didn't have any pressure and I I think it kind of helped because um obviously I still feel new to the event and there's still loads of things I'm learning about but like I didn't know whether I was going to come first or last I could have came anywhere so I think that kind of gave me like a little bit of a literally all I have to do is the best I can do and then whatever that is I'm I'm going to have to accept and unfortunately enough I got I got a medal with it but yeah I I didn't have I didn't have any pressure at all at that point it was it was a good race that's interesting it's almost like you want to simulate that kind of scenario remind yourself what it was like not to have pressure you know in order to go yeah, yeah. To, to other maybe more uh, pressurized scenarios with, with that feeling yeah yeah and I, d I think like a lot of the like the mindset that I had before going into that champs not a lot has changed like I feel like I've experienced a lot more things but like the same that same like dream mindset that I had then it's kind of still the same thing so I think yeah, even the races that I've done this year, it's felt exactly the same as the races before all of that happened. So I'm pretty confident I can just go and have fun and do my best. And uh, I feel like it will work out quite well. And I feel like you would have had fun at the, the European Championships in, in Munich, which is the obvious next question. And you got to, you did get to run as well uh, as part of the team. What was that moment like? I'm sure that you, you know the guys, but you would have got to know them better as well. You know, the likes of Matt Hudson-Smith as well. Yeah, yeah. Obviously someone who won medals at all three of the major championships last year. So someone great to learn on. Uh, yeah, Matt's a legend. And he's, uh, we run for the same club. He's from Birmingham. So um, anytime I get to have a conversation with him, I, I really appreciate his words. But yeah, like getting to know the rest of the four boys, like it was really nice because it's like in like an individual sport, you don't get that many moments where you get to like make proper friends as as weird as that sounds and like we were just chatting like boys that had known each other for years and then and then we go race together and do this big thing together and you don't get that many moments well I haven't had that many moments in the sport so far so like it was really nice to feel that part and then the rest of the experience was just sick like I'd never been to Munich before place was really nice like I was just yeah I was just having like such a sick time again my, my family came to watch as soon as I walked out onto the track I was like looking out for them like where are they where are they yeah it was it was sick that's awesome for your family as well. I mean, they've, they've had a lot to kind of look out for over the last couple of years. I mean, at this point, we can sort of look at your, almost your dual life. <laughs> Being on The Voice was something that you, you couldn't actually tell all the details of, including to your fellow Relay teammates, as I yeah, understand. Yeah. And I'll drop in the quote here from Alex Haydock-Wilson, who said, your rear Mitchum uh, reminds me what's, what's possible, you know, with, with your other talents. Yeah. But just tell me about that experience and how it's kind of intertwined with hitting as well you know an international major championship in athletics honestly that month of my life is such a weird like uh both things were happening at the same time and I was also so excited to about to go on the voice and I just won the medal it was just a really weird um time for me like none of that had really happened before but I'd actually called Alex Haydock before we went to Europeans and I was in the studio had like a huge afro at the time because I hadn't got my hair braided for the competition yet and then I just called him and I was like oh I've got this song can I show it to you real quick are you okay with me saying your name in the hook and then and then I played it for him he was like yeah like I love it it's completely fine come on I'm with the boys at Eurochamps I told Haydock please if we get this medal can we share the champs so yeah then I dropped a song called Eurochamps after we won the medal at Europeans we had like three weeks with that song being out and then we were on the void and like they just felt like they just hit one after another it was really cool
told me the team needs seasoning, I bring the all purpose. Tell me how does it feel so perfect? Uh, let me rap for a sec. There will never be another, never been another runner like me. I just we ended up on Team Will I Am, and it was just big. Like honestly, when I was on stage, for one, I was way more nervous than I was at European Champs. Way more nervous. And then why is that? Because you've more experience of running competitions, you know? Maybe yeah. Like I remember. Um, Obviously, you switch them. I had a mic, the voice. I had a baton at Europeans, and um, when you hold the baton and you stand on the start line, it feels really like I've been there however many times. It feels really normal, and like, and you know, you can run fast. You just run around a track. It's it's kind of simple compared to like hearing, uh, seeing like the four chairs of the voice, and then hearing the the band start playing, and like, there's just a lot more going on. But yes, it was such an incredible experience. I, I would, if there's any athletes that are listening that also sing. Get yourself on the voice <laughs> it was fun incredible because i'm sure there are others with with other talents i feel like amy hunt plays an instrument to a high standard and, and has done at university you know some who, who are academic i mean yeah yeah but it's difficult because athletics does take up a lot of time and then there's also the earning money aspect of, of what you you're trying to do you know yeah, yeah. And, and i suppose you're you're coming to that age where that will start to be more important and a lot of athletes have to actually have conversations with themselves about whether they do continue if they don't make international selection and i suppose you're at a time now where you can pretty much enjoy the best of what you're doing but with the knowledge that you may have to make yeah. certain decisions when when the time comes, is that fair? Yeah, I mean, if I'm being honest, that what you just said is probably like the biggest thing that um like the biggest factor in what I think about going forward with the sport. Yeah, like as a lot of people know, the sport itself there's not a lot of money in it. And as a kid, if you would have told me, "Oh, at 22, like you're gonna rap on this stage and then you're gonna win a gold medal at Europeans," I would have thought, "Jesus, this guy's this guy's clear." Unfortunately, like. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work out as fairy tale as as that. But um, yeah, I think like what I'm trying to do over the next few years is just focus on like what I know I can do on the track, and then like build my own like fairy tale out of it. Like squeeze everything out that I can, and like show this other side of me that that I might not be seen on the track. Like even if I've got a straight face, as soon as the we cross the finish line, I'm I'm gonna pick up a mic with my brother type of thing, and I do want to show that. So like um. Yeah, what my time in the sport, I can um, give everything that I can. Yeah, and it sounds like you you've learned something from both avenues that can maybe bring into one another. You know, the kind of entertainment aspect in athletics that we've seen. Everyone mentions the Highgate Harriers night of the ten kpbs uh -huh. because there's like a half naked man, you know, who's painted gold and sounds a gong when it's time for the last lap. There's pyrotechnics, there's abandons and stuff like that. Do you think? You've seen things in the music entertainment industry, even how you try and market yeah. your your rap duo, Smoky Coco, to try and grow it. I guess the main thing we did um we did a, a halftime show and like pre pre match show for Leicester Riders, the basketball team, like flashing lights. Uh, there's dancers, blah blah, like it, it really big show, like really bit what well, it was a big moment for us as well. I've watched the basketball game. And I've never watched the basketball game before, and it was so exciting. And I'm not saying athletics isn't, but there were so many things from that that I was watching it and being like, oh, they could do this in, in track. And um, halftime performance, for example, I would happily do a halftime show, a, a track meet or like a three hundred meter show or a, a post hundred meter show. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, just things like that where it actually brings um, like some excitement to, for the audience and like people want to come and spectate and pay for tickets and, and things like that. And music and sport are also intertwined everywhere. Like 
everywhere you see a running clip, you'll have a music song in the, like something in the background. Um, you'll time the the jump for the beat drop, and like everything's really intertwined. And especially in music, they always talk about sporting stars. So yeah, I just think there's so much potential in that area to make it more entertaining. And it also strikes me like the main conversation around athletics. Yes, you can find results on Twitter and stuff, but main conversation is kind of happening on Instagram. And that's where uh-huh. you can also promote your music videos. Yeah, as you say, you can have clips of track with music and the kind of creativity that people have right from teenage years is is incredible. And if we tapped into that, I feel like we could actually attract that audience to continue yeah. to take part in the sport. And that, that could be huge. And also there's loads of people that, that want to do it, like especially in the younger the younger sprinters like around when I started sprinting it it wasn't it wasn't cool to like run faster than show it it was more like you have to do the talking on the track but I love talking and I will always (laughs) do the talking and then I will go and walk but like I think it's important for people to like just if you want to say something just if like if you want to say you want to make the Olympics then say you're going to make the Olympics and then go and do it like and that's my plan and I'm fine with saying that out loud and people want to do that on Instagram and seem and seem cool and post this and now you can do that. So I think like yeah, the younger sprinters there's definitely more like potential in um yeah, that like entertainment side of things. I think there's loads of potential in that. 100%. I mean, you mentioned the Euro Champ song. Was it kind of semi-inspired by more and more rappers in recent years doing songs about football? Yeah, yeah. Puns and rhymes based on players like AJ Tracy does or, or someone like that. You know, did you want to bring athletics on par with with the amount of songs that seem to mention football i do like that side of um of rap and yeah the, like that specific reference like aj with the football bars and tiago silva etc like I, I do love that style um for me it just felt like making like a kids kids rio dream come true and like i've always loved looked up to rappers and i've always looked up to to the best sprinters being able to pair the two felt like such a unique thing that i could bring to the table and i remember me and alex were my brother were um my dad was there we were just eating a sitting in an Indian restaurant we were just talking um I knew I'd made the European team at this point and like we were just yeah talking as brothers do and then we just started thinking of bars like while we were sitting eating dinner um thinking of lyrics and then I was just I was just sitting there like wait wait we (laughs) we need to get this done within like two weeks let's um let's just do it let's just do it and then like finished recording the song the night before I flew out got it mixed whilst I was there and then I was like, we need to shoot a video here. Like, where's your hotel? Let's, I've got the medal now. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, so, yeah, it was just like making a kid's dream come true. Like, get a gold medal, rap about it. To be fair, I'm going to keep on doing it. So, yeah. Yeah, and I love that you, you rapped about the M54 as well, which people don't know is the motorway between Telford and Birmingham. <laughs> I can't lie, we did this one for the Midlands. Look. I just took this train from Telf to Birmingham just to link this ting. One sweet one telling me to get the bus down. Can I like this ring? One whip and I make it sing. But I want these keys then more. Straight from the dealer's floor, then drive right back M54. I just took this train from Telf. There is like a subgenre of localized English, yeah, yeah, yeah. regional rap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yorkshire, there's She Wants a Man from Brum. M54, though, itself. It's not my favorite motorway, but. Um, yeah, the fact that you put it on the map, I like that. Yeah, that's always going to be like a special song for us as well. It was actually, we had it like before our, we released our first song, but we were like, you know what, let's save it. Hopefully we'll be able to push it a bit further at that point. I, I love that song. I still play it all the time. It's always one of the first ones people say when they speak to us about music. 
and yeah it, it's weird because obviously it's such a specific road motorway as you just said like it's it's quite a like niche motorway it gets plays in finland it gets plays in south korea it gets plays yeah it, it's just cool how telford now well we're gonna we can do it more in the future but we can have this like platform where we can um build on and make like a little music scene and there's quite a few of us that are, are coming out of the area right now as well which is cool that's awesome yeah so yeah we've talked about your music we've talked about athletics just a bit of fun to kind of get towards finishing this i mentioned this to you so i don't completely put you on the spot yeah <laughs> you've got a four by four relay team you can pick any four people they can be athletes they can be from a sport yes 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 other than than track um, celebrities, it can be mixed relays, whatever, for, for pure entertainment purposes. I don't know, I often do this with my friends. Who would I want to see? Graham Norton against Stormzy. Pure ridiculous. But your fantasy 4 by 4 relay, have you had some thoughts on this at all? Okay, I did have some thoughts. I had some thoughts. And I thought of a lot of celebrities, but then I thought, you know what? We could probably see how they're going to run in maybe like a reality TV show sometime. Obviously, I had to start off with myself. I'm coming from the blocks because I'm not sure if these other people are going to be able to do it. <laughs> Number two, I'm passing it on to Mario. <laughs> My reasoning for this. Okay, so he's got, we've picked up a banana in the in the core room. He's going to be throwing it at Jamaica and USA. They're not going to know what's coming. <laughs> okay, leg three. I actually originally thought of um, Dash from The Incredibles. Obvious answer. But then I thought, you know what's even better than that? His mum. Because Elastigirl's going to reach... For like 1500 meters with her arm grabbed the baton and then she's just gone we've got a head start <laughs> and then leg four i'm gonna pass it on to my brother um so we can for one share the podium he did a hundred he did a 400 meter sorry it's in a like a school's competition one time i mean i don't want to be too like too vulgar but but let's just say his power aid came back up <laughs> behind the fence and I, I would like to see that again yeah that's my final four that's brilliant i mean i was going to ask you what does your brother make of your athletics career you know is he not going to take you seriously until you reach the olympics as some people sometimes say about their friends who are outside of the sport but it sounds like he has had at least some introduction to it even though it didn't go as planned yeah now nah, he's he's uh <laughs> he's he's had an introduction in school but yeah he's really supportive yeah like like i said as the rest of the family are but yeah yeah he said like europe the day i won gold at europeans was his favorite day of his life so um let's hope i can replicate that again oh that's that's nice so, I mean, to close then, I feel like by the time we put this podcast out, you might have set another PB because <laughs> it feels like you're, you're lowering it quite consistently. But as a result, there are so many guys who are trying to get into the team who are so close. Um, and hopefully, as you've touched on before, you can bond as a result of, of this close-knit group. But also, there's so many people who are kind of sub 46.5. I mean, does that provide something that's exciting as it would be for me looking at the outside or or does it maybe provide some pressure You're like oh my gosh there's so there's a lot of competition here um I think it probably would provide more pressure if I didn't know like what I could do with myself mm. um I know I can run so much more quicker so like I think it's cool seeing everyone run quicker and I want everyone to keep running quicker but then just know that I'm just going to be uh like one step ahead yeah, like I just got, it just gives me more drive. Like I just want to keep on going. There's so much more that I want to do and there's so much more that I know I can do. Also, outside of an individual perspective, if we're all running quick, then the relay is going to be banging. So I, I want to see everyone do well. I just want to see myself do everything that I know I can do. And, and if that happens, then it will all be fine. Good luck with it all. Thanks for speaking to us. Thank you. Thanks for speaking, yeah. Well, great stuff from Rio Mitchum. Smoky Coco. 
the name of the rap duo with his brother Alex. You can find them on social media, including YouTube. We're about to turn our attention now to UK Coaching Week with uh, England Athletics' Chris Malander and Sarah Benson, who join me. But I mean, round of applause for Rio Mitchum. He's from my club. Yeah. I know. Um, fascinating just to hear an athlete with a, with another talent, you know? I know. M54 is my favourite, though. I love yeah. it. If anyone can make a song out of the M54 motorway, it's uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> it runs past our house, and he filmed it from, like, about 200 metres from my house. Sounds like your club awards evening sorted out. You guessed the parents. He, he yeah no he he does he just hands them out and takes loads of photos he's he loves it he's really good so it's uk coaching week an ideal opportunity to think about what we can do to encourage more support for coaches what's available what england athletics can provide chris we'll start off with you um what can we do to try and get more recognition for coaches we obviously see a, a real challenge in coaching capacity within within clubs there's a number of things that, that we can do. The obvious one is to try and get more coaches qualified and trained and get them, on, get them on the pathway. We can try and make that as easy as, as possible. So at the minute we have a mixed approach to how we deliver education and training for, for coaches. So we have online self-paced learning. We have online but face-to-face learning. We have some face-to-face practical learning and we also have a blended approach so in terms of it's not directly recognition but aiming to sort of make it easier and give coaches different options to be able to get on that sort of coaching ladder and coaching pathway and and progress through at their own pace and with the help of the help of the club so I think that's taking it right down to the offer that we have from from education in terms of recognition I think that's probably something that is a joint approach between EA and the and their clubs. So it's something we're starting to look at with with coaches. Certainly, coaches taking that first step and trying to offer some more um, recognition for, for for the ones that are sort of hitting certain milestones. Sort of giving them a bit of um, a bit of a boost, a bit of a thank you, some recognition for the efforts and the time they're they're putting in and also encouraging the clubs to back that up through sort of social media through campaigns just the general communication that that we give to to coaches to try and encourage them to keep going and and essentially thanking them I think it's quite easy to to forget to thank them and do that on a regular basis but that as I say that's that's something that I think clubs can help us with as well. Do you know something that's really nice that I think we tend to see more and more now is when team selections are made the coaching staff is included as well within that selection. Just a, an honourable mention, if you like, but it's nice to to throw to them and, and to shout out them. But coaches as well sometimes say that they would like to know what the journey is for them. We Obviously, we always talk about pathways, don't we, for, for athletes. Um, coaches are interested, some more than others, some more ambitious to, to try and see what uh, selection or international opportunities might be available. But there's also a pathway needed for them, isn't there? And I suppose that that is something that maybe in athletics today, coaches might be looking out for. But just reflecting on that, Sarah, and and what else we think maybe a coach today needs. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, coaching looks very differently. I, I think even just 
since lockdown, you know, we've returned to the sport and, and we're finding that people don't necessarily have as much time to give. They maybe have different priorities. They value their their family time a lot more as well. And and so even just in the last few years, I've certainly seen a change. And I think we've lost a lot of those volunteering hours that they're giving. As a sport, we need to recognise what what a volunteer can give realistically and have have lots of different offers, you know. So we're not necessarily expecting a coach to be giving three, four, five hours a week. That might not be possible anymore. Um, so, so what can we do as a sport, but alongside the clubs to make that volunteering opportunity much more attractive to somebody who wants to get involved? So developing teams of coaches who could look after groups, for example, where we're not necessarily committed to that Tuesday, Thursday evening, week in, week out. You know, I think we're now living in a culture where people are working longer hours. They're working in the evening. They're working flexibly as well. So we've got we've got to try and look at a way that, that coaches can still access the sport and enjoy that time. And I mean, certainly one of the things that we've we're trialing in our club is to get some of the younger athletes involved in coaching and, and working with the youngsters, you know, starting them on their coaching journey much, much younger. I think we see patterns in coaching where perhaps some of our younger coaches who are moving out of the sport or or still competing as athletes and want to get involved in coaching but then we're not seeing as many coaches maybe in their 30s and 40s and 50s who are who've got families or who've got busy jobs etc and then people are coming back into coaching when they're they're a wee bit older so it's trying to find a model that I think reflects the modern life and gives opportunity to to whatever people want to do and I also think from a recognition point of view that again traditionally we recognise coaches because of the performances that, that their athletes have achieved, but that's not necessarily everything about a successful coach. Um, it could be anything, and at working at every stage of the pathway, that time that they give can be incredibly valuable to an 11, 12-year-old or equally to a, a master's athlete. So so moving away, I guess, from you know measuring recognition or success from performance only, actually more around how how coaches make people feel the value they bring to people's lives as well and, and recognizing that and rewarding that. There are several examples of athletes who have become coaches in, in recent years. Danny Tolbert is, is one who started coaching. Montel Douglas, I believe, is involved in that process. I had and one other on the tip of my tongue, Jess Taylor, representing England at the Commonwealth Games, of course, the heptathletes are now coaching. We know that people are competing into later years there is a growth in masters athletics which might have an effect on coaching that's maybe another thing about you know coaching in in 2023 um chris what's available from england athletics in terms of support development what can we do to try and help people share the knowledge i guess just a, a bit of a shameless plug because you've said it's uk coaching week so this week we do have a a discount for people wanting to to book a a course obviously you know qualifications aren't the be all and end all however um we just wanted to offer something this during this particular period to to try and incentivize and, and try and just just help people because as well as the time pressures and other sort of lifestyle issues that sort of Sarah's mentioned obviously finances are also a massive challenge currently so trying to just just sort of soften the blow a little bit and obviously trying to make things make things easier we also have the sort of volunteer rewards program which we have some really great winners at regional and national level. I think probably we don't necessarily get 
the volume of recognition through that program. So some of the some of the stories that we tend to listen to on the evenings of the volunteer awards are just so powerful, like really, really sort of inspiring. But we don't necessarily hear the full kind of breadth of what's happening out there. So I would encourage people to sort of utilize that and make nominations where they can of, of, for, for coaches that that deserve it. We've got um sort of regionally based club and coach leads, so regional club and coach leads who are operating regionally on fairly limited hours, but are there to support and help people that have started on that on that journey that may want a bit of help sort of finalizing a a qualification, get through the assessment process, just want to be given a bit more confidence to be able to take what they've learned, whether that be online or face-to-face and put it into practice in their club. So there's options there for, for coaches to, to tap into that network of, of nine people, across one, one across each region. We've got a number of online opportunities that people can visit, go on the website and see what's available. We also run regular online workshops webinars conferences mostly through sort through Sarah's through Sarah's team however we run them at certain times of year so I guess the best advice would be to go and look on the England Athletics website and see what's available at at that particular time the website's just been refreshed there's a few things that we've changed um, and we're just trying to refine the process that's on there so to make it easier for people to find what's relevant for them I think finally, it would be remiss of me not to mention Athletics Hub and the information that's on there, the the bank of resources, electronic resources that's available for coaches at all levels, across all disciplines. There are, I would guess, thousands of hours worth of content from experts in this country all over the world. So I would say for any coach that wants to find something, go on there and have a look because sometimes it's easy to find things that, I guess, bring stuff to life rather than going through some sort of formal formal training program uh you know spoken to a lot of athletes about this ben higgins former british uh, indoor champion said there's a responsibility on athletes to to give more shout outs to their coach and mention their coaches but at times we see that coach on camera and it's a a well-known coach like aston moore and, and when jasmine sawyers won the european indoors the crowd shots on the television were showing Aston and and that kind of people recognize that as a partnership and maybe we just need to sort of give more recognition and there's responsibility on on I'm not just talking about English athletics I'm talking about everyone and talk about the athletes themselves uh, the media to just show this this is the coach of this athlete you know Keely Hodgkinson well this is Trevor Painter this is this is her coach Sam Harrison is someone who was a decent runner but she said and she spoke to this podcast earlier this year when I joined a club and I met my now coach, whose name is Vince Wilson, he gave me so much in terms of structure and balance because before I just used to go out and run. I didn't know pace. I didn't have a kind of strategy to to my week and that's improved me so much. So it's almost like if we can let people know in a way that this is what can be gained from having an athletics coach as opposed to being someone who really enjoys running and wants to get better yourself. Um, if there was more, maybe n- more knowledge of the expertise that an athletics coach could provide, then maybe more people would want to be partnered with a coach and more people would be- want to become coaches themselves. 
Yeah, I think so. Going back to that recognition piece, I think that that is really important, especially for those performance athletes, because the amount of time that those coaches are putting in and and again, predominantly probably volunteer based, even at the highest end, we're still seeing volunteer coaches who are who are working with athletes five, six, seven days a week. And that that's not unusual. But, you know, again, from a talent point of view through the pathway, it's it's actually understanding what a coach does for an athlete and that's an education piece we want to to provide athletes with you know all the things that are going on in the background that they might not necessarily realize and I and I actually still think at club level new athletes young athletes coming into clubs they probably don't even realize their coaches are volunteers you know there's an assumption that that might be a professional setup where where people are paid and it's only when you actually talk talk to the parents and and you explain that you're giving your time to the kids that you get you you know they they do thank you and they, it can be really rewarding actually giving an hour or two a week but I think that I mean there are some now like good practices that we do I think you've mentioned you know naming coaches on team selections for example power of 10 coaches are named and historically you can name all your coaches so you can actually name everybody who's been involved in that journey since since day one which I think is really important as well and goes back to that part around doesn't necessarily need to be all about the performance end it's about you know every stage of the pathway that somebody's impacted someone's life and there are some fantastic expert coaches that are working with under 11s under 17 under 15 but they're so good at what they do through our youth through our junior program you know we're we're tracking coaches we're seeing who are the coaches who who continually develop athletes up to a fantastic sort of age group level standard and bringing them in and engaging with them. And, you know, a number of the coaches who are now working on our youth talent program came from being a club or personal coach, doing doing some great things within a club environment and, and then, you know, supporting athletes through that, that adolescent years, which is a really, really tricky time for a lot of athletes to navigate through. It can be a really tricky job being a, a club sort of age group coach because you might be working with such a huge range of ability but it's a it's a particular skill set to be able to work with that group it's a really good point and actually it's a point made by carol jackson in an interview within athletics the uh, high jump coach and an organizer of bedford international games one of the the biggest jumps events in the country and she said yes to be a great coach doesn't necessarily mean that you have to coach senior athletes at international level we should mention there there are some changes uh, Chris, later this year, just give us a bit of detail on what we know about them so far involving coaching and officiating uh, as well. Our intention is to essentially transfer the responsibility for coaching officials education away from UK athletics and bring that across to each of the four home country athletics federations. So we will all have a joint responsibility. Um, anyone who's a coach or an official will currently see that they're when they get the license it's a UK athletics coach or officials license that would be a home country depending on where you live um so from our perspective you would be an England athletics licensed coach or an England athletics licensed official at levels one to three that is so that's the intention from the first of October a few things behind the scenes that we're still working through in terms of just the, the legalities of, of that, just to make sure that that transfer is everything's covered, all the relevant points are covered. But people will hopefully start to hear about this formally through sort of external communication and direct communication from later this month um, throughout the summer and um, right the way through to 
to that date in, in October. So, I mean, essentially what that means is people will be dealing with one organisation. So some of the things that I think we've we've spoken about today in terms of clubs and the role that they can play and us working together with, with clubs to make coaches' lives easier, to reward and recognition, you know, make that pathway more relevant to them in 2023 is something that I think the home country athletics federations have got a lot closer to that because we work a lot closer with with the clubs and probably spend much more time with the the grassroots coaches the coaches that are working with the the big groups um recreationally working with with younger kids so i think it should it should hopefully make things significantly easier and more straightforward for coaches knowing that there's that one point of contact whether they're coming through the club whether they're going through as a coach, it's all coming to the home country who they are registered with. Well, thanks to Sarah Benson, our Head of Talent Development, Chris Malander, our Workforce Development Manager, and of course, Rio before that. That's it for this episode of the England Athletics Podcast. Don't forget to check out our website for the latest news and updates. Follow on social media. Really exciting stuff this month as we head very soon to the under 20 and under-23 championships and European trials. See you there.